This is TM Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book Two, The Winter Palace. Chapter Three. Without her brother there, G felt oddly shy. Maybe it was being in the presence of a real queen, but mostly she was just intensely afraid of embarrassing herself in front of such a kind and stylish woman. They sat together for a while in silence. G fanned her hand in front of her face, partially to cool off and partially to discourage a particular bumblebee that kept approaching her as if to say, You know, your face is very familiar. Is it possible we've met before? The queen sipped her tea. Desperate to break the silence, G finally said, Your garden is very pretty. In truth, G wasn't one of those little girls who needed everything she owned to be decorated with flowers and kittens and rainbows. They were fine as far as those sort of things go, but it was all a bit too girly for her tastes. But the garden was pretty, she had to admit. Thank you, the queen said, setting down her teacup. Would you like to see more of it? She was sitting in a very unqueenlike fashion with her legs up on the table. She was still wearing the overalls and t-shirt. At one point there had been sneakers, orange ones, but she'd taken them off in order to wiggle her toes. Or, she said, sliding her legs off of the table and leaning forward, I don't suppose you'd want to see more of the palace? G practically leapt out of her chair and said, Oh, yes. Then she said, No, thank you. And then finally she settled on, No to the gardens and yes to the palace, um, your majesty. Winterly, the queen corrected her with a smile and reached for her sneakers. Lacing them up, she said, I can remember when I first came here. I spent so much time exploring. It seemed so big to me then, so beautiful and elegant. She double-knotted her laces. Although these days I find myself spending most of my time here. Why? Winterly shrugged, another very unqueenlike but quite charming gesture. Because it reminds me of my mother, and I miss her. She sighed. Come on, let's take a tour. As she rose, her outfit suddenly rippled, shimmered, and resolved into a full-length gown of red velvet. A twin strand of pearls ran down the front like rainwater. White silk gloves sprouted from her fingertips and grew up her arms, stopping just past her elbows. Winterly lifted the hem of her dress and poked one foot out, inspecting the white beaded slipper she was now wearing. She made a face. Might have done that before I spent all that time tying my shoes. G stood up, feeling very underdressed. If she had known when she got up that morning that she'd be having tea with the queen of the underworld, she might have chosen something more appropriate than blue jeans and an old sweater. Unlike most girls her age, G dressed for herself. She had an interesting approach to style which involved combining as many different kinds of clothes 
styles, and colors as she could reasonably find in her closet and drawers. In the winter, the puffy, inflated look of snow pants and jackets always annoyed her. They were so boring, and compared with the queen, she looked downright frumpy. Her snow boots were especially embarrassing to her. They were hand-me-downs from her brother, which made them already two years away from brand new when she got them. Also, they were slightly too large, and since she was slightly too small for her age, she would probably be stuck with them for another year at least. Now set? Winterly asked. Yes, Your Majesty. Winterly wrinkled her nose. I'm going to start wearing a name tag if you keep calling me that. I'm sorry. The queen, Winterly, she reminded herself, took her hand. Come on, she said to the girl. Let's go and have a look around, see if there's anything going on. She sighed in mock boredom, which I highly doubt, but it never hurts to check. They went back across the little bridge, G's oversized boots clumping horribly despite her best efforts to walk gently. The fish below scattered as she passed, darting away to hide in the maze of reeds. Through the garden they went, following a small path to an archway festooned with ivy and flanked by two statues, each of them holding a large pair of shears. The statues were frozen in place, caught in the act of snipping away at the overgrown arch. The queen nodded to the statues, and they in turn bowed low with a grating, stony creak. Winterly and G passed through the arch. Walking up the long hallway beyond, G heard a sound behind her, a metallic snipping noise. She looked back over her shoulder. The statues were still standing there, motionless, although in different positions than before. G looked away. The snipping started up again. She turned back and it stopped. As it did, the statues, although she thought she might have caught a glimpse of them moving this time. She looked away, but there was no sound. She counted to twenty before she looked back, just to test her patience. When she did, she saw that the statues were standing with their heads together as though they were whispering. She couldn't tell for certain, but one of them seemed to be staring right at her. Then, just as she looked away, the statue winked. G turned around quickly and glanced up to see Winterly smiling. They're hard to catch in the act, the queen whispered. Believe me, I've tried. They came to a doorway and Winterly held it open for her. G walked through without looking back. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. 
I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon. This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. To receive permission, handwrite your request on a single sheet of paper and fold it carefully into a clean white envelope addressed to the attention of the author. Place the envelope outside the back door of your home and wait for a response. Don't worry, the foxes know where to find him.